Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Oopeds Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. We also have other team-focused NBA podcasts, including Knuck a Few Buck, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Blazing the Path, and X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network too, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham, and here with me on this fine Wednesday night, Zach Weiss from Sportitude, across the Cavs, writes other places, does a lot of stuff. You should check out his work. Zach, how you doing? Thank you for the plug, Justin. I appreciate that. And by everyone, obviously, they're checking out the Hoops Head Pod right now, but Justin Matcham does a lot of great stuff as well. But, man, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm uh, happy to be back with you. And, you know, I always love talking hoops, man. We were we were talking for, what, 25 minutes before we even started this recording. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. We were. We were. Um, some stuff has happened tonight, so plenty to talk about. We'll get into it in a little bit. But um, missed our upload earlier this week. Did not get a Monday upload. I was traveling this weekend so i just i wasn't able to get anything out so we do have plenty to talk about tonight we're going to get into city jerseys training camp um this whole media week stuff the little bit of russell westbrook talk um some lebron talk so we got plenty to get into here we will start with the cavalier city jerseys which we've been talking about for a while now you know wondering when they were going to be released we had some you know information on them but we finally get to see at least we think we're going to get to see what they actually look like here um, they have, like I said, they have been leaked. Um, the official Cavaliers Twitter has only given a, a small portion of it. They are primarily black in the picture that we've seen with kind of a wine and gold trim. It says Cleveland on the front and the letters are all from different bands. That's kind of the, you know, the unique city aspect to it, obviously referencing the hall of fame, the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, there have been people on Twitter that have, you know, kind of tried to, you know, determine what each letter was. They've done, they've gotten a lot of them together. There's some that maybe aren't it. Just seeing that original leak, Zach, I think you like these a little bit more than I do, but just what were your reactions? How do you, how are you feeling about these city jerseys? Yeah, so I actually started off maybe a four and a half out of 10. I'm, I'm not that familiar with the rock and roll history of Cleveland. I was supposed to go for my first time to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in April. Obviously, that never happened. So, I didn't love it at first. I saw, all right, decent trim, but looks kind of basic. It's just, there's nothing snazzy about it because I saw the Mavericks white and gold, and I'm thinking that's the standard right there. You want just a great color scheme, something cool like the Jazz, taking something fantastic, taking basically the old jerseys and getting multiple colors together. But I look at this now. Uh, shout out to uh, Twitter user at Prime Lensler, Colin Talbu, who figured out that the fonts are all... Cavs, Sex Pistols, David Bowie, Metallica, Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, NWA, Pink Floyd. NWA doesn't exactly tie into rock. We don't go anywhere near, but it's obvious everyone knows NWA. But uh, 
I like them now because I like what it represents. I like the color scheme. And obviously, we see what the Cavs did. They emphasized the bottom part of the jersey with the December 3rd, which obviously was not on the leak. So, you know, I, I didn't like them, though. But I, I want to hear why you don't like them, Justin. Well, first, I do want to get into that picture that the Cavs sent out. Obviously, there was that December 3rd on there. Um, also, there's like a white squiggle on there that is not on the leaked version from the like the Camisas the NBA. They do look slightly different. Again, we have to see the you know the official release, but it looks like the leak is not going to be the exact same, which has not been the case for the other jerseys that have been leaked. Overall, I like the concept. Um, I I think it is really really unique that they're using the letters from all the bands that you mentioned. Um, I'm still not completely convinced that the N is from NWA. If you look at the N in NWA and you look at the N on the jersey, they aren't the exact same. They're similar. But all the others are pretty much a perfect match, and that one isn't. NWA is actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, oh. Kind of surprisingly, I'm not sure why. But I know that there are a few rap groups that are in, that, in the okay. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and NWA is one of them. So it does make some sense. Overall, I, I like the concept. I like that, you know, the referencing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it's a really, really unique thing. I just think it looks really ugly. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I don't like looking at it. Just all the different fonts. Again, it's, it's creative. Credit to them for trying it. I just think it's not that appealing to look at. All right. So I, I hear you with that. I do. Also, I'd love to see all the price tags flipped or zoomed in on so we see... If it's got the main, because I wonder, the guy, I think, yeah, Kamisas to NBA, it's really cool that he's done this with all the jersey leaks. Also, I wonder how he got the opportunity to just leak every single jersey. Yeah, as I'm well. not sure how, <laughs> who, yeah. who, I, I don't know how this, he's gotten every single one. Yeah. yeah, and you can't, this isn't just Photoshop. This is, I think, a physical picture that he's taking from his space of the jersey. Yeah, but they've yeah. all been accurate up to this point. Like I said, the Cavs look maybe a little bit different in the official, you know, teaser from the Cavs, but all the other ones have been accurate. I don't know how he's doing this. Yeah, but. big major shout out. Um, but I understand why you think it's ugly and they have the difference. I see a little tiny, tiny bit. You know, the Nets have gone all in on the Biggie jersey, the jerseys. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that the rainbow colorway. I see a little bit of that around the C for the Cavs logo, and, you know, it could work. I mean, personally, when I buy a jersey, it's it's not always about the logo or the words on it. It's how cool is the color scheme, and am I going to feel cool rocking it? And I'm guessing you don't have the vibe that if you paid X dollars for this Sexton jersey, you put it on, you wouldn't feel... Like, you know what I mean. You have those jerseys, you yeah. just feel so cool wearing around sometimes. And I guess you don't have this on as that type no, of jersey for you. No, I, I will not be purchasing a city jersey this year. Okay. I will gladly wear my Ante Zizic jersey <laughs> over this one. Can't um, believe you actually got it, man. <laughs> and, and, okay, like, I don't like the Cavs red jerseys either. Like, those aren't the best jerseys in the world, but I would gladly wear that over this. That's with fair. With Ante his last name on it. I, I personally, uh, let's see, the last jersey I got was two years ago. During Colin's rookie year, I got about, it was around December, I got the uh, alternate black jersey just with the C logo on it and love that 
and yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm not definitively getting a jersey. I told my, I psyched myself into saying if Dally re-signs, I'll get his jersey. But now that it's only a one-year deal, I have a feeling that it's going to be one year at a time with him. I do think he's not, he's not getting moved during the year. But probably no, not. I'm not getting another. He jersey. could retire after this year, honestly. Oh, I hope not. He's too young. Unless I know he's got a young kid right now, and the only player I saw, ever saw retire to kind of be with the young uh, with kids they just had was Dwayne Wade. Um, so yeah. I, I don't think he would. I think that as long as there's an opportunity to play, he'll take it. I mean, I mean, maybe the Bucks give him another opportunity. If he can stay near where he – not go too far to where he is. But, I mean, he, I'm happy well, I to have him. We're getting a little off script here. But um, do you think that Delvadova gets real minutes on this team this year? I do, actually. Uh, based on how it's set up, none of the players competing for minutes, uh, Justin. Uh-oh. Oops. I'm sorry. I dropped something. No worries. <laughs> no, I, I, if you want, I'll drop something too, then we'll be even. Go ahead. There go we go. Ahead. We're good. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think he is going to get minutes, Justin, because his competition is mainly going to be Dante Exum. And while Kevin Porter Jr. is still going to get some point guard minutes, I know that J.B. Bickerstaff is going to want a true ball handler in at, at all times. I think that a lot of teams, sometimes uh, they have the issue where they don't put a natural guard. Like my issue with KPJ possibly playing big point guard minutes, just look at the Sixers in the bubble. Anytime they, I mean, they, they didn't have a point guard at all, but they couldn't set things up. I think they need Colin or Darius running point or Delhi at all times. And so Della Vadova, for what it's worth, look, he can't shoot the ball anymore. And it's sad. He made, what, 22 threes last year, which is horrible in the NBA for a point guard. He is such a good passer and ball handler. The way he pounds the rock, the way he creates space. And I do know that for the most part, Justin, when Delavadova's on the court and he's running the offense, that we'll usually get a good look if he's able to get rid of the ball by the 10-second mark on the clock. He's just a great passer, great awareness. And I do like Dante Exum, and I hope he gets some kind of minutes, hopefully to two more than the one. But you know, you've seen Delhi. He just he's a good playmaker, and that's what you need at the point guard spot on a team that's trying to take the next step. You just need you need multiple guys who make the players around them better. And the last four or five games of last season, when everyone was banged up, Delhi was averaging what eight nine assists. So, yeah. See, I, I I do agree with you to an extent on you know the fact that you, with Delhi on the floor, you can usually get a good shot on offense. I think the one exception is when Del Vidova shoots it at this point. But um. <laughs> Yeah, just, I, I'm I'm not convinced that he is. I think this deal was kind of more about just you know serving a mentorship role. I kind of referenced Channing Fry's last year in Cleveland to how I kind of think this is going to go for Delhi, just being there and being you know one of the guys from the championship team and just being that veteran voice. I think you have Darius, you have Colin, you have KPJ, and you have Exum who are all going to play point guard minutes, even if it's not going to be their primary role. I think it's going to be Darius's primary role. But I just think that there's too many guys that are going to need minutes there. Obviously, you bring in a guy like Do- – or not Dante Exum, but Damian Dotson. Yep. I mean, he's not a point guard, but that's another guard that I think I would play over Del Vadova on this team. I'm not so sold on it yet. Obviously, we'll have to see um, injuries happen. I think you know, Del Vadova gets in there. We'll have to see if Dante Exum can hold up. We'll have to see if Darius can hold up. You know, Anyone else gets injured, then obviously there's going to be a role for, for Del Vadova. But um, one last note on these uh, these jerseys. I don't like how we like two of our four jerseys are going to be black this year. Like I wish they would have gone with a different color scheme. Like and I guess we had you know the the blacks you know throwbacks last year. 
Yep. But I just I wish we would have gone with a different color scheme is basically what I was saying. And those are gone, right? The the throwbacks, yes, those are gone. Okay. So then I will That's another thing that I don't like. I don't like that we're getting rid of the throwbacks. I, I loved those I loved our City Edition jerseys last year. And we're we're not gonna see those ever again probably. It's a year-to-year thing. I guess it's always an experiment. Maybe they fired the person that made them to get something because they wanted to hit the roots this year. Because the roots, all the Cavs jerseys hit the old Cleveland logo with the city in the background. So I guess they wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, Cleveland isn't known for that many things, but it's always been known for rock and roll. So I guess they really wanted to ingrain that this year. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. They'll be fine. They're going to be gone in a year anyway, but these jerseys are probably going to be forgotten in 10 years anyway, like like all of the other Cavs City jerseys and like most of the City jerseys in the NBA because they just don't keep their jerseys around long enough. It, I, anyway, we're yeah. going to move on. We got some other news. Did you have anything before we wrap up that? Bring back the orange and blue. I, those Bring were, back the orange and blue. I uh, totally or, agree. Or the icy ones, the earned edition, where it was, I think it was white with an icy, icy mm-hmm. blue overlay, and I think it might have had a little black in there. Those were, those were those sexy were really jerseys. Nice too. Yeah. I love those too. Should have bought Again, one. Too bad we only saw them get worn like four times, but those were some great jerseys as yep. well. Pat McCall wore it. Yeah. Pat McCall did wear it. Cavalier legend Pat McCall. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. We're going to get into some other news here. we got a lot to get into. We're going to talk about the training camp which has now officially started for the Cavaliers. Uh, the roster is set. They have 20 players. We talked about a lot of the signings before. The three that have happened, they filled out their roster. We were at 17 last podcast. But like I said, we are at 20 right now. They have signed Levi Randolph and Marcus Bolden to Exhibit 10 contracts. An Exhibit 10 contract is basically if that player gets waived, their contract is non-guaranteed. But they get, I believe, a 50K bonus if they sign with that team's G League affiliate. So it's just kind of an incentive to keep them around and keep them in your development system. So Randolph and Bolden signed out of the Canton Charge. They'll probably be back with the Canton Charge this season. The interesting one here is the Cavs signing Thon Maker to a non-guaranteed deal. Um, Thon Maker is somebody who I was really intrigued with this offseason. Um, you know, back when we were looking at backup center options, I didn't love him as the, you know, the first option for the Cavs, but I really like them taking a flyer on him. Um, not entirely convinced that he is an NBA player, but if he is, he's tall, he's long, and he's shown some stretch five ability, at least potentially. So not it, it, with Dean Wade, they only have 13. If you include Dean Wade, who is also non-guaranteed, then it's 14. I think he's going to make the team. Yep. We don't know if the Cavaliers are going to use this final roster spot on the player. Probably not unless someone really impresses them. 
But uh, what do you think about these these final few signings here to round out the training camp roster? Yeah, so I'm excited about about Charles Matthews personally. I hope that he, if anybody, gets the role with Tim. I have nothing against Don Maker, but career numbers are really not great. I know he's never played more than 20 minutes a game in his career. On his average game season, playing 14 minutes, getting five and three. I don't see him as a great fit, honestly. I don't love Don Maker. Not gonna lie. Struggles to shoot the three. I mean, he's long, but he's slow. I mean, he's got an ability to protect the rim, but I don't see. I know he's young. I, the only appeal to me is that he's young, that he's already been in the league four years, Justin, and he's going to turn 24 in February. We'll see as far as Thong goes. I know you're very excited on him. I can't say I share the same feeling. Um,. You know, I see if Marcus Bolden probably going to compete for that roster spot too. He was with around the team last year. Always good to see a Duke Blue Devil with the opportunity for success. There have not been too many with the Cavs that we've liked. Uh, obviously, we're not going to mention the guy who was there two years and lied and left. That's the <laughs> most notable one. Obviously, Kyrie. No, he was no cool. need to mention his name. <laughs> nope, nope. And Kyrie was cool though. That's for sure. I love Kyrie. I'm excited to watch Long him Kyrie. finally play Boston and see how that goes on Christmas. But. Now, I like overall. I like what they did. Uh, we'll see. I agree with you. I think that, especially given this year and uh, the COVID circumstances, we're we're gonna have randomly have guys missing games uh, due to positive tests. It, you 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 can only be so immune without their the vaccine hitting before the season starts, right? So um, depth is gonna be vital this year of all years, but. I think they keep the spot open and do what they did the last couple of years with 10 days. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, it just kind of, I guess, you know, last year I think it was they were close to the luxury tax line and that was part of the reason they didn't as well. If not last year, then two years ago. But it just seems like that's a, that's a strategy that the Cavaliers have used in the past. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, unless somebody really, really impresses them, they're probably not going to keep anyone in that 15 spot. Like I said, I don't love Thon Maker as a player. I, I I agree with you. He has not. He had one, you know, playoff moment. It seemed like where he looked like he might be something. I just like I, I like the idea of Thon Maker, and I like this move just because if it does work out, then you really have yourself a player. And if it doesn't work out, which it probably won't, he's not guaranteed, and you can waive him. And it's it's whatever, you know, it's no big deal. Um, overall. I, if I would like to see anybody make this roster, it's down to either Bolden or Maker for me. Um, Bolden was somebody that I really liked last year. I was kind of hoping that he would take that final roster spot. It was down to him and Jarrell Martin. And I remember being so mad that Jarrell Martin was one of the final two guys you know, to, to stay on that preseason roster. That guy was terrible. And the fact that you know he was there longer than Jarrell Martin than than um, Marcus Bolden was a crime, but um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see Marcus Bolden one more year in the G League. Maybe he gets some ten days. Maybe he's a guy who gets a couple of ten days this year and plays well and gets the rest of the season contract. We'll just have to see. But I, I do hope that the Cavaliers hold on to him at least this season, even if it is in the G League, and maybe we see him make the roster next year because he is somebody that I think can be a legitimate backup center. Um, I think he has the size. I think he has the defensive ability. Someone overall I just really like. If you had to choose between Bolden or Maker to make that final spot, who would you choose? I'd probably go Bolden. Uh, I think he's got a little more pedigree. I still think Thon is still kind of figuring out where how he fits as a professional basketball player. 
But if Thon makes it, we got the Australian trio of Dilly, Dotte, and Thon. So that would be that would be cool, I guess. I Th- that is a perk. Can't deny that. We could see Dilly to Thon lobs. Like <laughs> we could. <laughs> Dilly can literally like, just just throw the ball. He can aim for the top of the arena, and Thon will still grab it and dunk it. Like I was talking about, you know, earlier on we were talking about backup centers. I was talking about that Dilly to Aaron Baines connection. We could just have. Delhi to Thon connections, like, pretty much the same thing. Uh, yeah, honestly, Delhi. when you watch Team Australia, Delhi's a star. Everyone that starts on that team is a star. I think they're starting lineup in the last Olympics, which is the last time I saw them. And they're in 2K. They were in 2K as well. It was Baines, Bogut, Ingles, Delhi, and Mills. I mean, it's a really solid lineup. You got... That's a, that's a team, yeah. That's a team. You got rim protection. You got great defenders. And you got Patty just looking like Steph Curry. But yeah, I, I like Delhi. I like Delhi on Team Australia. I mean, he, Delhi, Delhi to Nance was already going to be fun. You know, the Delhi to Braun lobs were next level. Delhi to Trist now. Delhi to Javale and maybe Thon. I mean, that, that does get me excited. I wish I could be at the Rock here watching these. Obviously, we'll see. I the, the Cavs don't have in person fans to start the year. I, I would assume, right? I'm not. I don't know if they've actually clarified that yet. Um. I know, like, the Thunder just released a statement saying that they weren't going to have fans to start. Yeah, I saw that. Everything that I, I think the Cavaliers might be one of the teams that do. Hey, well, okay. So um, when Delhi's going to get Again, like, crowd, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't heard anything in particular, but I also haven't heard anything saying that they're not going to. And um, I entered, like, one of those giveaways that, you know, they do, like, for a signed jersey or whatever, and ended up getting, like, a million phone calls from, like, one of their sales department teams, like, trying to get me to buy tickets for the season. Okay, so, I like to hear that. From that, it makes it sound like, you know, they do want fans in the stands. Again, we'll have to see. But not, and that, that was like a, a few months ago. Well, not a few, but like one, maybe one or two. But, again, haven't heard anything that the Cavaliers aren't planning to put fans in the stands. So that's a wait and see. But I wouldn't be surprised if they are one of the teams that at least do it in a very, very limited sense. Yeah, either way. You know, actually, I do remember getting a call a couple months back from a sales rep as well uh, from a contest I entered. Had to clarify how they got the number. I mean, I, I'm happy to get any call from the organization because you never know who's going to be on the other line. But, yeah, yeah either way. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, uh, best of luck to all the guys uh, with the opportunity to make the team. You know, if it's anybody that's going, you know, if it's Levi Randolph, you know, good for him for getting the opportunity after getting the 10-day last year. If it's Marcus Bolden, I think has appeared in one regular season game as a Cav. If it's Don... Then we got something potentially great happening. You know, maybe by the year's end, JaVale kind of loses his rotation minutes because they want to play someone younger. And I also, semi-off track, he's already on the roster on a two-way, but I'm excited to see Lamar Stevens. I know we talked about this last time we were on together. Yes, but absolutely excited for Lamar. Very good low-post player. He rebounds very well for his size, and I'd love to see some lineups, depending on injuries or trades, there might be a time in the year where Love's still on the roster and they're ready to trade him and they have a deal in place. They want to hold him out for a game or two where they're shorthanded. I'd love to see Lamar playing next to Nance. I'd love to see what the two of them can do together. Absolutely. One notable cut that we've already seen, um, Rajon Tucker had that non-guarantee date of November 29th where if they waived him by that point, they were only going to owe him 340 k they did waive him. I was assuming that they were probably going to re-sign him to their training camp roster, at least on like an Exhibit 10 or non-guarantee. Did not happen. The Rajon Tucker era in Cleveland is officially over. I know this is somebody that you 
liked when the Cavaliers acquired him, and it was never really likely that he was going to make the team. But uh, how are you feeling about him not even making the the preseason roster? I think is he with the he did sign somewhere. Didn't Clippers, he? yeah, because the Clippers actually only Clippers, have Kawhi it, and Batum at small forward. They have no one else, so I see him making that roster. I, yeah, I liked him. Um, I thought the the fact is that he spent his first year with the Jazz. Uh, it's very telling of what he learned. Quinn Snyder's a no nonsense coach, so you know playing with the likes of Bojan and Ingles at his position, Mike Conley. I think that he has a lot to offer. Uh, like had a lot to offer. Past tense. Rip. Uh, but no, he, man, he can shoot the ball. I know he didn't get a ton of minutes, and his a lot of his scoring is on slashing and mid-range. He only made one three. If you look at his numbers in college, he was a very good sharp, uh, very good sharpshooter. Overall, he made 72 out of 175 threes. I don't know. I think it was in his final season there, so I don't know how he only made one. Yeah, he can shoot. He can defend. And I just think that playing on – and I know he was on a team that blew the 3-1 lead, but the Jazz had a lot of bubble issues with injuries. They didn't have Bojan. Conley left for a while in the birth of his kid, so he got some chances, and I like him. He's only, what, 23, 24? Yeah, I did the the Periscope video. He, he actually saw it, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too bad that uh, his time with the Cavs lasted less than one orbit, you know, less than – I don't even think I'll find my terminology right. Yeah, less than 24 hours, way too quick. I hope he succeeds at L.A. Uh, so many guys, you know, all teams, but Cavs have had their own guys. They get drafted, uh, you know, they're talented guys, and they just find a bad roster situation, but they don't get cut, so they're kind of there. It's like the, sixth, the 15th, 16th guy, and because of that first chance not being there, there's never a chance. So I hope he's not one of those stories. We should custom order Ridge on Tucker City, Cleveland jerseys. <laughs> Uh, I definitely do. What number? What do you've worn? Ah, what number did you wear with Utah? I think nineteen, but I'm that's. Let's see. Ray John Tucker rocked the number six. Six. There you go. Javale, though. I don't know. We can custom make it. I mean, it doesn't have to be real. That's that's fair. I I do have a custom Weiss twenty three cap shirt. It's almost it's almost dead now. It's six years old. That. Texas completely faded, but I don't think LeBron <laughs> cared very much. Probably not. Um, moving on, we kind of, like I said, this is the start of the kind of the training camp, the preseason. Along with that, like I said earlier, there is no media day this year. Instead, they're kind of just acting as a media week. Um, they're going to be doing interviews throughout the week with all the players and coaches, JB in particular. I'm assuming Kobe will probably get up there at some point. We've already seen some, um, JB, Andre, uh, I think Deli, Larry, uh, maybe Kevin went, Colin went, you know, a lot of guys have already gone. Um, we have seen some quotes, you know, uh, you said that you haven't so much seen any of the quotes from this yet. That is correct. Well, we'll just go through a few of them here that stood out to me in particular. One of which was Larry Nance talking about the best player from the minicamp bubble. If you had to guess who Nance said was far and away the best player in the bubble, who would you guess? All right, you'd probably guess either Kevin or Colin, but I, I know the answer, so I'm going to let you take it away. You do know the answer? I do know the answer. I'll let you. I'll let you. You're the host here. Darius Garland was the best player in the minicamp bubble, according to Larry Nance Jr. Now, I, I don't know if I want to take too much from this. Um, obviously, we're going to have to see him play. 
you know, to really get a grasp on this. But that is very, very promising. Um, you know, someone who said, you know, to come in, you know, in a lot better condition physically than he was during last season, a lot shiftier. Again, we're, we're just going to have to see him play. I don't want to buy into this too much. But that is very, very good stuff to hear. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, that's fantastic. <clears throat> and the small sample size from Vanderbilt showed Garland is a takeover type player, a high volume scorer that can also pass it well, kind of like a, a Trey Young, but a tier below potentially, which still is a guy that's great. I, I like that. Um, I can very much see it holding up. I think Garland, the way Garland played early in the season, he wasn't shooting a lot, but he had a lot of confidence on his step backs, his leaners. You know, he has a lot of a lot of trick of, of tricks he kind of pulls off with his handles to create space. And I totally believe that, Justin. I think that Darius Garland, we don't know what his role is going to be exactly, but he has the capability of being a guy that can give you fifth, potentially for a whole season if he's locked in and healthy and playing a little defense at least, 15 to 20 points and four to six assists. Cavs, when. Whenever LeBron's not on the Cavs, nobody dominates the assist column, and that's really where they lose because ball movement gets affected. I think Garland can be the guy that finds open shooters in a way that really only LeBron and Kyrie have done consistently for the Cavs in the last 15 years. So I, I and of course of Matthew Delvadova. Yeah, that's right. When, when did the issue though? Well, that is great on a serious and comical <laughs> note. He just he, he doesn't get enough consistent run for him to average those numbers. Like I'd love to see Delhi average six assists in a season, but if for him, for that to, a lot has to happen for that to be the case. But you you know what I'm saying. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, hopefully, and I, I don't think that Darius is on that tier of playmaking. But if he can just give you something, you know, a little bit more than he got last year, we saw a lot of flashes that you know he's at least. You know, a tier above like a Colin Sexton type of guard as far as playmaking goes. Like I said, I, I'm still very excited to watch Kevin Porter play the one because I think that's somebody who has, you know, real playmaking potential. And, you know, being at that size, I'm going to be really excited for, to see him kind of fill those shoes because I think that's another guy who is capable of doing it. Now, again, that's just another wait and see as far as, you know, will he really be able to do that or not? But um, something to look for. A couple other quotes that I wanted to get into here were from Andre Drummond. Um, they're not exactly quotes, but just kind of takeaways that you know from stuff that he said. He had an interesting media session. A lot of stuff talking about JaVale McGee and the acquisition of him. Um, Drummond loved that acquisition. One thing that he noted was that he is looking forward to making music with JaVale. Is that something that you are going to be listening to? <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that JaVale did some production work for Justin Bieber, so it must be pretty good. Uh, rappers in the NBA are pretty common nowadays, the most notable being Victor Oladipo and obviously Damian Lillard. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a listen. Iman Shumpert wrote a great playoff song for the Cavs in 2015 called The Offs, which I absolutely loved. So it's been five years since you've got a Cavaliers uh, player that put something out there. Yeah, let's get the... The Dre and JaVale, Lob, Lob Brothers, Block Shot Bros, you know, it's, I, I'm excited actually, yeah, I'm, I'll definitely listen, and I'm not just going to listen to the first 30 seconds, skip to the end and say, yeah man, it was all great, no, this was the whole thing. That, that might be a little bit more than I give it, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on this. <laughs> I, I, is Drummond somebody who has made music in the past? I, I, I know that JaVale has produced, but has 
Drummond done any of that? I would think he. He has. seems like the type of guy that has dabbled, but yeah, Drummond's interesting. Drummond, uh, honestly, I Drummond's a, a guy. He's a rare guy on Twitter that has over 700k, but rarely clears the 1k like mark. Not that that matters, because it's just different guys get like Colin. I'm surprised Colin's tweets don't blow up more. He he basically gets like that. He doesn't get enough love. I mean, but on. I don't Andre's interesting. I feel like Andre's going to be a TikTok guy. So given that he'll be a TikTok guy, he'll definitely be a music guy if he isn't already. He, he just has that, 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 that feel. Another interesting quote from Andre Drummond. Um, he noted that he sees himself, JaVale McGee, and Larry Nance on the floor at the same time this season. Bakerstaff is going to experiment more with this um, this big lineup that we saw last year. The difference was that Kevin Love was the third big alongside either Tristan or Andre and Larry Nance playing the three. Not two traditional centers in Andre and JaVale. Uh, Andre noted that um, he and um, JaVale can guard one through five and that Larry Nance can guard three through five. Um, I am not sure where he got the the idea that um, – that him and JaVale can guard guards better than Larry Nance and not only do it better than Larry Nance, but like do it good. Yeah. Like uh, he said that like me and JaVale are able to guard one through five. Uh, here, here's my takeaway, Justin. I think Dre uh, had a nightmare where the whole schedule was the Cavs versus the Monstars. And I think he's seeing a bunch of huge guys like, yeah, we can guard one through five. They're all huge. They're all the same. <laughs> if we can try and guard five, we can try and guard one through four. I have no serious answer for this. I just say uh, thanks for the confidence, Dre. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond to this Drummond stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, yes, he's been working on his passing. He's been working on his ball handling. We'll be working on his threes. I'll believe it when I see it, you know, as far as how is that actually going to translate onto the court. I think we're going to see more Drummond threes this year. Am I thrilled about it? No. Maybe it'll work out. Probably won't, you know, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. But, Andre, you are not – he said he was going to shoot for Defensive Player of the Year again, which I guess is a fine expectation, especially when he got a Defensive Player of the Year vote. But Andre is not going to guard one through five. And while the Cavaliers are going to go to the big lineup, JaVale McGee is not playing power forward. No. And neither is Andre. Yeah, no, I mean – the. Let's just let's just say this. Andre's been on a team with Greg Monroe and Josh Smith. It was the worst trio of all time. As soon I love Josh Smith, by the way. And he's still, by the way, only thirty four. I wish he should still be in the league. It's kinda of ridiculous that he just didn't couldn't stick because of whatever it is. Um yeah. He was they were awful. As soon as they got rid of one of them and they staggered Drummond and Monroe, they just started winning like crazy. So I love I love his confidence, but let's Let's be real. This is 2020. Some teams play with zero bigs, and you want us to play with three? It's not I'm like, not, like – Come on. They're, no, they're, he's not Bam. He's not – He's not. He, Bam is really the only true, true center off the top of my head that can come in and actually defend one through five and play next to anyone. Him and Myers Leonard were a really effective duo, but then they had four spacers around them. So, yeah. Who in the NBA can legitimately guard one through five? Well, probably Giannis. Bam, Giannis. Kawhi, Giannis. Bam, LeBron. How much probably. longer does the list go? 
not that deep. Uh, probably a couple of power forward. Draymond probably for sure. Okay, Draymond. Draymond but, and let's say Anthony Davis. Yeah, and then uh, that's there's your list. Six, seven guys, and those are all perennial, all something. Whether it's all NBA, all star, all defense. I love. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. say what you're going to say. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I do love Dre, but I don't see him making another All-NBA. I, I think putting up big numbers isn't enough anymore. I think you have to put up those numbers and do something that year. Bradley Beal averaged 30 on a team that was even in the bubble and got no love in the awards. So, JaVale McGee, I love you, man. I'm happy to have you here in Cleveland. I was a fan of that acquisition. You cannot guard one through five. Nope. We're, we're going to end it there. Thank you. Um, Andre Drummond, you can also not guard one through five, at least not effectively. Nope. But anyway, like I said, we're going to see the big man lineup. We're going to see the three big lineup. It's just it's going to be Kevin Love, Larry Nance, and one of these two centers. We're not going to see them both on the floor at the same time. And if we do, it is going to be in, in very, very, very limited stints. I'm not going to say that it'll never happen, but it's not going to be very often, and it's not going to be a lineup that they have yeah. success with either. No, not, we're not the Denver Nuggets going with Plumlee, Grant, Jokic, and Millsap in the same lineup in three in the uh, preseason bubble preseason. Yeah, well, well that, that lineup was Jokic, Jokic at point, Jared. Porter at the two, Grant at the three, Millsap at the four. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 that's not right. It was. It was. It was Jokic. I think it was Jeremy Jokic Grant. Porter in the backcourt with. Was it was it Porter? Okay. Yeah, and then it was Millsap, Plumlee, Bull, Bull up front. Yeah. No yeah. Grant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. I think they beat the Wizards. <laughs> I think they did beat. But it was the Wizards without Bradley Beal. Yeah, or, or Bertans or Wall or any. Yeah, it was just Thomas Bryan and his cronies. We'll say. <laughs> but um. Anyway, we'll kind of wrap up this, you know, this preseason talk with um, how do you like this slate of preseason or not preseason, but um, Christmas Day games? The Cavaliers getting no Christmas love this year. We will not see Christmas Cavs. No, no Christmas love. Well, Kevin Love will have a good Christmas, I hope. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, there, there's some <clears throat> interesting game. The interesting thing is that the matchups could prove to be horrible because none of the teams are established yet. So yeah. I think it's interesting, we have, although we, I think, if my memory is correct, then the lockdown, the lockout year started on Christmas. So, it's all right. so we got Heat-Pelicans game one. I like that a lot. I'm curious to see what the Pelicans are. I saw uh, my latest thing that Lonzo was going to start with Bledsoe, so I'm very curious to see how that dynamic might work. And then, you know, the Heat or the Heat, you know, they're going to be fun to see. Then we got yeah. Warriors-Bucks. Awesome. I think it'll be the Warriors' second game. Steph better not – it's a good thing the Warriors don't play Baines before, so Baines can't do to Curry what he did last year by accident. <laughs> um, yeah. That's going to be a great game. Too bad there's no clay. But uh, I did read that Wiseman's minutes are going to be pretty limited to start the year, something that there might be a sp- even split with him, Chris, and Looney. But still, uh, Oubre, congrats on his engagement. Wiggins, Dre. And the Bucks are the Bucks. They got Drew now. I mean, they got a bunch of good role players, so nice. Nets, Celtics. Kyrie versus the Celtics, finally. Kyrie's finally going to play a team that he was on in the past. Yeah, does he played against the Cavs? No. Oh. He also hasn't played against the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, so this is big. This is, he's not wiggling out of this one. He's got KD there. I think Kyrie's going to have a great year. I wish him all the best. Um, 
Uh, I'm excited to watch this, but we're not going to have Kemba Walker, though, so it's going to be Jeff Teague versus Kyrie and Peyton Pritchard versus Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, 8 o'clock, Mavs-Lakers. The only significant change the Mavs made really was getting Josh Richardson. They drafted a guy by the name of Josh Green. Keep an eye on him. He's a, projected as a uh, one of the first guys off the bench. Lakers, I mean, they, they've done a lot. I'm curious to see how this team does. Montrez. And then Clippers Nuggets. Oh, game Love eight. It. It's it's game Love eight. It. Nuggets lead the series four three. Game eight. No. I'm excited. All this uh this trash being spewed about the Clippers locker room and PG and Kawhi. I don't know who I, I everyone says it's Montrez leaking. I wouldn't be surprised. He run, does run his mouth a bit. Uh that that's gonna be weird with the Clippers. They better get along. It's gonna be another early exit, but I'm excited to watch Denver, you know. Uh, they got two exciting mm-hmm. rookies, Facundo Campazzo, who I loved watching in the Olympics, and FIBA. They got R.J. Hampton in, in the draft as well. They're going to have Will Barton healthy. Jermichael Green basically said he knows what he's getting himself into by going to the Nuggets. More shade. I mean, it's not a rivalry game when Jermichael Green faces his old team, but there's a lot to like about that matchup. That's a good way to end the night. I wish it was a little earlier. I What we forgot, Justin, is we'd become spoiled in the bubble, there were no 10.30 start times because they're all Eastern time. Now we're going to have to go back to staying up until 1 o'clock to watch yeah. LeBron. And yeah, that's so. a shame. But, um, yeah, disappointed to see that the uh, the Cavs-Wizards were not one of these games. You know, we, we were not going to get the um, the Russell Westbrook versus team who almost, almost traded for Russell Westbrook this year. That would have been um, interesting. We were, we were close, but... Didn't get the Christmas Day game. Speaking of Russell Westbrook almost getting traded to the Cavs, Russell Westbrook almost got traded to the Cavs. Um, per Shams today, the Cavaliers were in talks with the Rockets about acquiring Russell Westbrook, who is set to make 41 44 and $47 million the next three seasons. That last year, I believe, is a player option. Um, obviously, right before we hopped on here, it seems like this is becoming a trend, Zach of where we're just about to record, you know, we got some Cavs topics to cover, and then something big happens. Last time it was, you know, we were going to look at backup center options, and they trade for JaVale McGee. This time we're talking about the possibility of the Cavs trading for Russell Westbrook, which was never really a possibility, but we were still going to talk about it. Before we start recording, Russell Westbrook gets traded to the Wizards for John Wall. The pick was, I think it was a 2023 protected first. Correct. Also going back to Houston. But, um... What did you make of the um, just the the, the Russ, Westbrook to the Cavs rumors? Um, not something that made sense to me. Yeah, Russell Westbrook is still a very very good player. You know, he's one of those guys who is getting more defined by his contract now because it isn't a good value contract. Still an All NBA guy, um, doesn't make the best decisions always. But I don't think you can go off his bubble performance and judge the player he is because he was coming off of COVID and he had a hamstring injury. I think he's going to be fine, and especially in, in a Wizard situation where. Like we're saying, you know, he's going to be, you know, the guy there next to Bradley Beal. He's going to have the ball in his hand more than he did playing with Arden. I think he's going to be really, really good this year. But um, what do you think of the the almost potential fit of him in Cleveland? So you ever heard Owen Wilson say, wow, wow. That's my reaction to there even being a rumor of him going, wow, really? No, um, I didn't really have a thought at this point. I love our guards, our starting guards with Colin and Darius, obviously KPJ. I think he'll be okay. He'll play when the season starts. All the off-court issues aren't going to catch up anymore. I think he'll be on the court. 
I don't like it. I don't know what we would have given up, how he would have fit. I think that it's cool to have a ball-dominant guard that puts up big numbers and gets the Cavs into a couple of marquee games. Because had they traded for him before the schedule dropped, you know, we might have been seeing four or five national TV games. The Cavs will probably have one or two. I can still see the Lakers, Cavs being one of them. And then maybe one other. Um, in, intrigued, I guess, is the word. I don't like his fit. I also... I'm sh- I don't know how to react to Westbrook being traded for Wall. That's kind of just like a two guys that are coming off some pretty bad injuries that have had some great days in the NBA. The Westbrook still had an All NBA season last year. Don't get me wrong, but these are just two All Decade esque point guards, right, from the last ten years mm-hmm. that are just known they're they got loyalty the team's like all right you've been great to us let us give back thunder gave the money to westbrook and the wizards gave the money to wall well, westbrook got flipped to play with his pal james and then you know john was about to come back they just saw a situation i don't know what the i really don't know what the Cavs would have done would have probably been kevin love and then some i would have loved to see kevin love in houston not gonna lie but uh yeah russ russell westbrook the almost calf i guess the deal would have had to be probably Kevin Love with, like, Dante Exum to make the salary work. That would get him to about a, a little under $40 million, I believe, or right right at about $40 million, and that would match for salary. At that point, you would probably the, – the, the Clippers would probably – or the Clippers. The Rockets would probably be asking for maybe that Milwaukee first that they have because they wanted another asset, obviously, and the Cavaliers weren't willing to give that up. That's why the deal wasn't made. Um, the Rockets' asking point was too high. But looking at this, it looks like, you know, basically just another fine player on a bad contract and a pick. I think that it probably would have been, if the Cavaliers were willing to include their, you know, their future Milwaukee pick, that probably could have done it. Um, maybe they, they, they probably saw more value in the 2023 Washington first than they did in this Milwaukee pick, especially with it kind of seeming increasingly likely that Giannis stays. Obviously not a done deal yet. But, um, yeah, overall, maybe they would have asked for something else as well. Um, I think trading any of these young pieces out of, you know, Sexton, Garland, Okoro, KPJ, Windler would have been, you know, a terrible idea, obviously. Um, overall, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't make the move. The Cavaliers have had a good offseason. I, I, I detailed last, you know, podcast that the, the, the quiet offseason is the way to go for them this year. They had a good offseason, and I'm I'm happy that they are not blowing it on a Russell Westbrook trade. Yeah, I'm I'm glad. Uh, I think the Cavs could still have some moves up their sleeves to improve the roster via trade, but yeah, that would have been a uh, mega bomb. Also, just I don't think we would have had any positive comments from Cavs Nation under the Woj tweet about the acquisition too. But uh, you know, I just think whenever that. Whenever a small market team gets involved in any kind of rumors or things that are official for a big team, I just feel like they always just they always get the short end. Like let's say the Cavs did hypothetically get Westbrook, right, Justin, and they didn't mortgage anything. They traded Kevin Dante, maybe a pick four or five years down the line. And I'd be like, oh, Rockets fleeced them. L Cavs, eh? But <laughs> you know, you, you I know you can. You're envisioning what I'm saying. I can tell. Yes, but. Yes. Either way, you know, it's what it is. Good for Russ, I guess. He got a new home. But, you know, you know, there's only one thing that we're, all this money is good for for Russ, and it's that he can keep wearing a new outfit every day for the rest of his life from any store he wants. And 
I think they just had him and his, his wife Nina just had their second kid. So I think that his kids will have all the fashion. They could become fashion icons just off of Russ's contracts. So I guess that's going to be the the new fashion family of America is the Westbrooks. So. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah. We'll transition from, from one giant contract to another. Talking about LeBron James here a little bit who just signed a two-year, $85 million extension that will be running through 2023 with an extension like this. Um, obviously, he still is under contract on his original contract this year. His new extension will replace his option deal next year. He's going to make like an extra 180000 on this extension than he would have on his player option next year, and then he's making more money the year after that. So... He is now under contract through 2023 with the Los Angeles Lakers. Zach, just so happens that his contract will be over when Bronny James graduates from high school. Yeah. Um, let's just see how Bronny does the rest of the way. I, I know we're going here. The, ne- the next Griffey, Griffey, you know, James, James, except Griffey Sr. is nowhere near the level that LeBron is at at his older age. Um I get it, it's interesting, you know. We've got a lot of fathers, young NBA players right now, with fathers that played not in not that long ago. Uh, two examples: Kenyon Martin missed his son, unfortunately. His uh, Kenyon Martin Senior now in the league. junior is with the Rockets, and Gary Trent Ju- Gary Trent Senior was in the league, I think, 15 years ago. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. By the way, LeBron tremendously underpaid. Uh, it didn't hit me initially. I'm like, oh, good, he got the bag. You you can't overpay LeBron and his ability, but given that Giannis is about to get a fifty plus million a year, Lillard's already getting fifty million a year, Russ is getting forty eight million a year. To see LeBron only get forty two fifty, look, that's a lot of money for us to just be talking about. But he's still top two, top three in the game. You could still argue he's number one. His value on both sides of the court, everything he does in the locker, he does so much. And I know he's got, he'll be making million dollars a day from NBA money or endorsement money or commercial, whatever. But in the terms of NBA contract, I think he's underpaid. I'd be curious to see him team up with Bronny if that does happen in LA or somewhere else. It is interesting how it aligns. He could just sign wherever he gets drafted. Assuming that the rules change by them where you don't need to go to college. Which I yes. think is the goal. They're going to try and do that next year, the year after. Now we'll have to see, but pay him a couple million more. Dame's already getting fifty million a year. Why not? Why can't LeBron get ninety? When Kobe signed his two-year forty-eight, well, we were we were all livid. Like that's way too much. They're capping themselves out. Kobe's not going to win again. I mean, he won thirty games over the next two years, whatever. But he earned it. LeBron has earned the right at age thirty-six to be the highest-paid player. It's just unfortunate that that's a lot of money. Again. But you see Dame and Giannis and Russ and well, Wall, and it's like, pay him a couple more. Yeah, still probably not worth what LeBron is actually worth if you're just looking at, you know, sheer dollar amount. Um, <laughs> you could, I don't know what number you would, you know, actually value LeBron at in just a complete open market with no salary cap. It'd, be, it'd probably be more than two years, $85 million. Yeah. But, um Overall, yeah, like you said, obviously with this whole Bronny James situation, um, the, the one-and-done rule would have to be eliminated for him to be drafted out of high school. But by this time, it very well could happen. It's it's all lining up for the Cavs. 
you you tank this year, you know, you get Cade Cunningham, you do whatever else <laughs> next year, and then you you um you take Bronny, you get LeBron back at age forty, and then you're rolling out a lineup of Cade Cunningham, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, LeBron, and whoever the center is at that point. Dang. <laughs> Bronny James off the bench. Dang. Things are things are all lining up. It's gonna happen. Hundred percent. I'm calling now. I, I will I will put one dollar on that with a point five percent interest every day until it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do the math on it later. But that I would if that's actually the lineup. You can book <laughs> uh, it. Maybe maybe JaVale will will, will stick in Cleveland. And he'll he'll start shooting threes and have a, a real emergence as a he'll, he'll age well and be the next Brook Lopez. Well, hey, so it, it, JaVale it, McGee will still be the starting center for the Cavs in 2023. Hey, in Again, all honesty, if that's the case, Justin, then he'll be on Shaq and a fool more than he'll be on the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well. Had a lot to cover here today. We got through everything. Zach, anything else you got to get off your chest before we head out of here? Yeah, uh, we are three weeks away from Cavs basketball, games that count. Less than two weeks from the training camp preseason opener with the home-and-home uh, home with the Pacers. Let's go, man. And it's too bad that they put the Pacers and Knicks separate because it was December 18th when Nance had his game-winning tip against the Pacers. They play the Knicks on the 18th instead of the Pacers. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what, can, what can you do? What can you do? I'm just happy that we're going to actually get to watch the Cavaliers play basketball. It's incredible. It's It's been... It's like coming out of a time machine. 50 years have gone by. Oh, what I miss? The Cavs haven't played a single game. <laughs> <laughs> They've signed Thon Maker. I'm like, What? The Australian big man? Wow. Like, oh, Delhi like that. Oh, didn't you hear? Delhi's the coach now. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, man. It's going to be great. I, I can't wait for college right. basketball. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for hopping on with me here. Always fun talking, talking Cavs with you. Thank you so much to everyone out there listening. If you enjoyed listening, listen to some other episodes. We got a lot of them now. This is actually the 40th episode of Cavalier Central going up. Tyler so if you, missed, if you missed any of the other 39, please go and check them out. Um, subscribe so that you don't miss any of the, the coming episodes. Leave a rating, leave a review, let me know how you like it. And uh, with that, we will see you next time. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.